Hello, everyone. This is your always tactful host, Pendy. And this is Paul, also known as Eastex Twitch. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas to all you tacticians and die enthusiasts! What are you doing? We don't need you to ho, ho, ho around he, he, here. Oh, come on now, East X. Where is your Christmas spirit? It left me four months ago. It's April, springtime. Ho, ho, ho! Not according to tact, it isn't. But tact isn't real. It's a game, you son of a Santa Alina. You have to believe in the magic of tact. Here, I've even got stockings full of gems. Gems, you say? Oh, yes. Gold, experience and talent point codexes, stamina herbs, orbs, irises, crystals, and gems. Well, I could use some irises and gems. I guess I can be persuaded to believe in the Christmas spirit of tact. Now you've got it. Here you go. I'm off to spread cheer to more tacticians around the world. Is that sleigh pulled by tact characters? It's the only way to fly. I'm off on Pissarro, on Erdrick, on Zenlon, in Greynar. On Purvis, on Corvus, on Seraphie, on Diamond Slime, and Young Terry. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Banner Pulls to everyone! While Pendy's busy spreading Christmas cheer to unsuspecting victims, I'll go ahead and welcome our audience to Tactfully Die, a Slime Time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, and Dragon Quest Tact Mobile. That's right. We'll talk about the latest and greatest with Dragon Quest Tact first. Good. I came here to drink eggnog and talk some tact, and I'm all out of eggnog. Uh-oh. As we mentioned in the intro, it's Christmas time in tact. Yes, because we're still a few months behind the Japanese version of the game, we're just now getting the Christmas events. This includes includes winter-themed banner characters such as Starry Night Ashlyn and a rerun of Santa Alina. Santa Alina even gets her own blossom here. Sadly, I was not able to get Ashlyn or even a dupe on Santa Alina. So sad. That's a shame. I didn't pull on those two paid banners, even though I'd have liked to, and I got neither character from ticket pulls. So I'm in the same boat as you, the Grinch boat. Yeah, I just did the paid pull on Santa Alina, and sadly I struck out, so I kind of gave up. I got her with one one heart, so I'll, I'll be good with that for now, I guess. But, uh, you know, the stories for these events were pretty fun and interesting, in my opinion. And to be honest, it sometimes seemed like we, the players, were the bad guys in these events. In the Battle Road event, you use the Winter Queen to try and cancel Christmas. And in the main event, there's a mix-up regarding stolen presents. And you end up beating up a lot of innocent people in that story, too. <laughs> it all turns out for the best in the end, but man, we as protagonists do some pretty fall things leading up to that point. I kept thinking of the meme, are we the baddies? Yes, we're the hooded bad guys from Django Unchained. Whoops, the scene you're referring to is actually from a British sketch comedy show, I'm told, not a badass western. <laughs> to your point, though, this isn't the first time the Battle Roads have told stories from a villain's perspective. It happens, and it all works out in a cheerful way. Tech Global players recently got an extra special present of our own as well. That's right, we actually got the White Day banner. Yay. Can't believe it. <laughs> in our case, they changed it into a special Magellan-themed banner. We didn't get the White Day-themed banner last year, so I'm surprised that we got it. We got it much later, but hey, I'll take it. And for this banner, there were nine powerful male characters you could pull from uh, in Curl. Yes, darn that Carol. Why'd they have to put him on that banner? Does there really have to be a booby prize? Well, I pulled all ten times on the blue White Day banner, and I got one friggin' Carol. Oh. <laughs> Two roughs, a character I'd already maxed out, a second heart on Eric, a second heart on Terry, and the fifth heart on Psaro. So that's three bad results, since my rough is maxed, and three good ones. Way better than the previous Girls Only banner, so I'll take it. And I use the reward ticket to get a second heart on Airdrick. Nice. You have a maxed out rough? Yes, yes I do. I need to start blossoming that little 
boy. Yes, like immediately. I, I whenever I run into him in real time arena, he destroys me. <laughs> yeah, whenever I find him in real time arena, it's always rough. It yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, my pulls were not bad, but I got so many Angelos. I literally pulled him around three or four times. It was nice. ridiculous. Uh, you know, hopefully he ends up being like or- Orgodimer, where I really didn't want him and I kept getting him all the time. But his Blossom eventually made him one of the best in the game currently. I was able to get my Urgic to five hearts, however, so that was really good. Good job on that, for sure. And I wish I'd had more money when Urgic first came around, because I was nowhere near that. Mm. At least I've now got the second heart on him. And, oh, I heard you had an interesting conversation with your old guildies. I did. We had a great conversation about status effects, kind of going back and forth on, like, what we would like to see in the game. You know, mostly around the fact that charm and confusion and sleep just last too damn long. It, it is true that a physical hit can knock the out of it but there are too many characters with spells and breath attacks that can easily avoid doing that yes and you know whenever i meet somebody i always think i'm really charming then i get confused when they leave and then i end up falling asleep alone <laughs> but uh, focusing on the game itself those effects are pretty devastating in a lot of instances so i do agree with you now you could argue for something like hey just make them last two turns like paralysis but i think what we need is a common dragon quest game convention to solve this problem what's that hitting your own party members stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself stop hitting yourself Ow. There are many Dragon Quest games that do that. I think you should have the option to bop your own party members if you wish to do so. Then you can take a turn and knock them to their senses if need be. It would make, you know, it also make paralysis more useful, as I think it should be, since you can't bop someone out of that. What do you think? Yes, I agree, because that would be more authentic to the Dragon Quest series in general. You know, we should be able to hit somebody out of certain effects. And as for paralysis, there's not actually a, a like a wide paralysis breath attack in the game, is there? Isn't it only a straight line? Yes, I believe so. Because even I was, I, I went to uh, the the one character that everyone uses, but that's actually confusion and, and, and poison. So no, I don't think there is yet. Yeah, so I like that because paralysis is being limited a bit there. It's not quite as bad as it could be. So anyway, sure, let it let it be as powerful as it is and weaken the others a little bit. Who cares? Yeah. Now switching gears a bit, I've heard you have been stamina hoarding. Stamina hoarding? Yeah, I heard how many stamina herbs you have in your inventory, and it just blew me away. Do you always have so many saved up or is it from the recent banners where we got so many stamina herbs as bonuses (laughs) i was just saving them for the next bonus campaign Mm. we're experiencing that campaign now with boosted drop rates for rank up materials and ability tomes so like you're mentioning i had 150 plus stamina herbs because of the yeah because of the old girls banner because i was already like basically filled up then did that pulls and it gives you like 50 or something right Mm -hmm. so it lets you go over 99 which normally you can't do and then i got like 50 more again because the blue white day banner so that ends up being quite a lot yeah and i'm glad i got to burn the extras which is like a hundred herbs on boosted drops instead of just farming event junk no it's pretty smart i like it fair enough so how has your arena been going in single arena sadly i haven't gotten any perfect runs though recently i'm on a perfect run right now in this current week yeah well i keep losing one or two units here and there my luck always seems to throw me a day with only hard opponents available and i'm just not quite willing to put the time to like ask for coaching or something just to get a perfect week because it, it doesn't matter all that much. Yeah, no, I understand that. So in real time arena, I got to actually face my old guildmate, uh, Big Shark Gaming J, and got to go against you twice. And and by the way, I am three and zero on all accounts so far. Three and zero. Thought you were like fifty. No, um, BSG doesn't it stand for Battlestar Galactica? No? no, that that'd be fun, but no, that it does not. Okay, well, tell him that's what I prefer to call him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of facing off against 
miss each other. I was driving when that happened, and the lesson is don't play and drive, kids. No, no, I, and I was so sad about that second match. Your connection timed out before it got very far. Yeah, I'm sad for making you sad. I don't want to do that, but it doesn't otherwise bother me. I don't really want to compete against people I know in the first oh. place. I also barely get to do real-time arena anymore at all because of the daylight savings time change. Alas. Speaking of battling others, though, are you ready for the big Aces tournament? Oh, you bet. We are doing an unofficial tournament for all of our Aces guilds. Mesmeron yeah. is putting it together. Only F, E, D, and C monsters with a total weight of 30. It's gonna be great. I won't ask you what it is specifically because I don't want you to give it away, but how is your lineup looking? Before I answer, I now realize that I think he prefers to be called Miss Moron. Oh, okay. Th that's no. just me getting names wrong as usual. No, no, no. He probably doesn't actually prefer that. <laughs> but about this tournament, I probably should join. I've actually been swamped at work, so I'm having a hard time signing up for more stuff to do like that, you know? Like, just the idea of taking on anything else is not highly appealing at the moment, but I do like to be supportive, so we'll see. I can barely handle recording a podcast every two weeks. Oh, well, well, that just means we need to do one every week, then. You're right, that is the solution. <laughs> Great. You know, I've made sure to give my lower-ranking monsters some love, so I'm in pretty good shape. Plus, the Dragon's Den Guild was going to put together a similar turn so I've already made some similar preparations for that, if it ever oh, happens. Oh, really? When's that going to be? Yeah, not sure yet, but I'm looking forward to that one, too, if they pull it off as well. Yeah, and as far as tourneys go, we had another fairly successful guild tournament recently. Yes, like last time, we made it to the Platinum League. Unlike last time, the Platinum League actually had some semi-decent opponents, but we won all of our matches. That's right. We couldn't get into the top-tier tournament, however, because of our unlucky first draw in the qualifiers. Oh, and before before I get into that, did you see the meme that someone created about the, the four guilds that were in the top tier? Yes, that that was a good meme. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think the, t the fourth team was like... What, was, what were they called? Like Dragon Lord something or something Dragon Lord? And they were completely outmatched by the other three, which was like Arena Watch and Starfall and TW something. <laughs> they just got crushed. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, meme... like, we would be outmatched as well, but that that guild was, like, smaller than us. So, yeah, they were especially outmatched. Yeah, the meme was, like, the, the top three guys, and it, they, it was like a clubber about to smash a poor little uh, lower-ranked Dragon Quest monster. It was great. <laughs> poor fellows. But back to the quality qualifiers on our first round the first match that we drew in the qualifiers was starfall the best guild in the game more like the richest guild in the game <laughs> or the second most annoying guild after big Draki squad oh but yeah those guys are no fun and have way too much money for their own good boo to them for beating us but i do appreciate them supporting the game with their audacious spending anyway that was our only loss in the entire tournament you know i did learn a lot from my match against them though i thought i chose a defense team of theirs that was almost exactly the same as mine. Mine was Orgo Demir, Pissarro, Forest Dragon, Leary Lout, and Diamond Slime. They had almost the same setup, except they had a Gem Slime instead of a, my Pissarro. And it was a quality setup. I, I lost to it as well, but I learned a lot from the experience. So how did you do against Starfall, and how did your defense team do? Well, I lost to them, and then I blanked it out of my mind. <laughs> I did the next few guild battles without coaching, though, which was fun. You know, I won them. I'm not sure my defense team thwarted anybody this time, though. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. My defense team got some wins and some low scores, so it performed pretty well. My only real mistake of the tournament was round one of the Platinum League. I unfortunately lost my match against an interesting setup that I was not used to playing. I should have either avoided it or, or, or gotten some coaching for once. I, I wasn't too worried about it, though. For that round, I, 
didn't take my turn until almost everyone had already gone and we had a large lead at that point. And then we ended up winning that round 2,915 to 1,900. We still handily won. That was also one of the rounds where my defense team got a win as well. Hey, hey, that evens out nicely. Moving on from guild battles, we also like to talk about what's coming up in Japan sometimes. On that front, we have a very special character blossom coming up. We sure do. Some Dragon Quest VI characters are going to get some blossoms. They recently got them in Japan. Heck yeah. And probably the most impressive blossom will be Terry. Oh yeah. He'll have an unblockable zap spell attack and the ability to stay at 1 HP if he gets killed. Yeah, he's basically going to be the zap version of Sorrow. Do you have him? Sadly, I do. I have Terry, but no hearts so far. Why, yes, I have him with two hearts. Which Ooh, okay. nice. Yeah. Now then, before we get to the dive portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day! Did you know you can save specific party setups to specific battle levels? That's right, tacticians. When you go to edit your party in a specific battle level, hit the copy button on the lower left-hand side of your screen, and you can save up to 20 different party setups just for that specific battle. Now, now, when you have to repeat Blossom Door levels or farm anything else, you can have the perfect party already built for what you need. That's amazing! That was our tech tip of the day! Tip of the day! Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes from the newest Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die anime. We'll also get into some other die related news, such as the upcoming die console game, merchandise, and whatever else we find in the world of die. If you want to send us die merch, just let us know, faithful audience. Ooh, buy me that sword, which we'll go <laughs> into later. <laughs> Today's first episode is episode 31. A father and son clash. Dai and Baran go head-to-head in a powerful dragon knight battle. Who will come out on top? When we last left the show, Dai had regained his memories and once again stood up to his evil father, Baran. This episode begins with a quick recap of the last episode's ending moments and then hops right back into Baran and Dai trading more blows. I would have encouraged them to talk things out, but they don't listen to me. They don't listen to me either for some reason. I don't know why. But you can see the shock in Baran's face as Dai is able to keep up with him, even in his dragonoid form. Yeah, and Hyunkle theorizes that Dai's human side and his compassion for his friends is what ignited Dai's power and the ability to shift his dragon knight power to his fist. The power of friendship! Yep, and that's a big deal in your average shonen anime. Dai's fist is so powerful that he's able to catch Baran's fist and halt a powerful blow, though Baran soon kicks him away. Oh, I see. Dai's fisting power. The power of fisticuffs. The fist of the North Star. F. Scott Fist Gerald. Okay, okay, okay. Enough word games. Back to fisting. I mean fighting. You in fist. As the fight continues, Baron summons the full force of his draconic aura, and Dai goes in for a powerful blow. Dai connects and blows part of the forest away around them. Baron even spits up a little blood after that, but he's able to counter with a slash that gets Dai to back off. Darn it. He warns Dai that he will use his dragon knight crest beam to put a hole in him if he doesn't back off. The evil dad dude claims that at full power, his beam can carve through mountains. And, and Dai is the honey badger at this point. Dai doesn't care. Dai doesn't give a shit. Thankfully, Dai manages to deflect the crescent beam. And would you look at that? It blows through the forest and literally carves through a mountain. He wasn't kidding. Yeah, you can't say he's dishonest. <laughs> then Merla comes onto the scene and offers to heal Leona. Leona tells her to heal the others and apparently has a spell to cast on Pop. Pop is dead, though, after sacrificing himself to cast Megante on Baron. Whatever could Leona's spell be? Well, you know, before we find out, we are treated to a a Dragon Ball Z-like power charge before Baron and Dai charge at each other. 
At least it didn't take half an episode for them to charge up. They start trading blows with each other in the sky. You can tell at this point they've switched out to one of their infamous CGI fight scenes. Though I will admit this section doesn't look half bad. Yeah, it's fine, really. After the CG fight sequence, Dai manages to get in a powerful hit to Braun's face and fires him into a plateau. Dai then comes flying in with a big body shot that causes Braun to spit up more blood. Braun was nowhere close to being defeated, though, and takes the opportunity to grab Dai's head. He then leads him and smashes him into the plateau, other rock structures, and finally into one of the castle spires. It's brutal watching that. Then see the king of Terran Kingdom talking to one of his guards as the castle shakes. The king declares that they need to decide which of the Dragon Knights is right. Yeah, you know, and they never resolve that that issue. It's like, we yeah. need to pick a side, and then they never do. So, okay. <laughs> so, but right about, but you know, the right side of what? Right about what, though? Political parties? Pineapple on pizza? Tomato or tomato? I guess they're trying to decide whether to side with the guy who wants to kill them or the guy who wants to save them. It's a tough choice. There's no time to find out which side they go for, though, just like you said, because we cut back to Dai stumbling up from the rubble, looking concussed. We also see Hyunkle express his fear that Baran was holding back until now. Classic on then Baron lines up his most powerful attack, the Doru Aura. Yunkel realizes the Doru Aura is made by building up massive amounts of his draconic aura and releases it as a spell attack. Dai realizes what's going on in time, thank goodness, and zooms away from the castle. Baron turns to fire as Dai flees. Poor Dai is hurt, but was able to flee the full blast in the nick of time. He zooms back down to the land, and Baron lines up another Doru Aura. Dai then uses Levazoom to get back in the air. Dai's friends think this is a disadvantage as Baran can fly. He's got wings. Dai's just using Zoom. But then they realize that Dai is taking to the air so that the Dora Aura does not hit them. He's sacrificing himself to keep them safe. Dai also realizes that Baran can't have the power to do such a powerful spell such as the Dora Aura twice. Yep. It's funny how in anime characters are always able to unilaterally declare that for other characters. They're like, <laughs> I know you don't have that many shots left in your gun. Sure. <laughs> I can count. I can count your MP. There you go. And then Dai declares that he'll win if he can somehow withstand the, the Doro Aura attack. As Baran fires off the spell, Dai tries to make a stand by summoning his own Draconic Aura. Yep, and Dai takes the spell head on. Baran thinks he has won. But no, no, you fool. Dai was able to block the spell. Dai takes his Papnika knife and goes in for a supercharged Avonstrash. But to no avail. Dai's attack is too powerful, so the knife shatters when Dai strikes with it. Baran kicks him away and explains that only the most powerful Powerful weapons can handle the Dragon Knight's draconic aura amplified attacks. There he goes again, bragging about his toys. <laughs> Baran picks up his demon dragon blade that was made to endure a Dragon Knight's power. As Baran goes to attack Dai with his sword, he is suddenly stopped. It's none other than one of my favorite characters, Crocodile, the big beast king, takes Baran by the leg and smashes him into the ground. I had forgotten about that part too. That was really cool when he did that. It was a great Crocodile moment for sure. I, it was it was awesome. He just was like, ah, and just smashes him. Is great. Definitely. We cheered when we saw it over here today. <laughs> the attack has a real Hulk versus Loki vibe to it as well. Mm -hmm. We're then treated to Crocodine spinning Baran around in the air. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that was funny too. But right. before we can see more Crocodine shenanigans, we cut to Leona, who goes over to Pop to start a spell. In true Dragon Quest fashion, it's the Zing spell. Yay! Merlay even mentions the success rate is only 50%, which is true to the Dragon Quest games. Yeah, exactly, because Zing is the revive spell, and it doesn't always work. Mm -mm. Then we get more Crocodine spinning. Yay! Baran tries to cut himself free, but Crocodine yells that only a Giga Break will set him free. Only that. Once again, the character's like really calling out the other character's abilities <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> However, a simple Zapple spell is able to 
to defeat Croc 9 here. His attempt to get Baron to drain his magic power just like before does not work so well this time. Oh. Bron then flies off to attack Dai. Unlike before when they traded blows, Dai is unable to successfully attack Bron and starts to take cuts from Bron's sword. Yeah, that looks painful. Mm. Yunkle moves to Crocodine and declares that he has a plan for both of them to help Dai. We end the episode of Dai being pursued by Bron with Dai in distress. What, what do you think of this episode, East X? Well, it's an exciting episode. Obviously, we want Dai and Bron to face off and resolve their differences. And there's not so much wheel spinning going on anymore. You know, like when Dai lost memories before, you always knew that, well, he's going to get them back. But like here, we're just like, this is the fight. This is actually going to take care of things for at least a while, you know? So that's definitely exciting to see. Even with the the CG part that they often have to mix in like they did, it's still just really cool stuff. And Crocodine has a nice moment to shine. So I'm definitely in favor of it. Yeah, I really like this episode. I have heard some people complain in the past that the show gets a little too Dragon Ball Z-like at this point. I can see where they're coming from but I mean this fight won't go on for long it's not like Dragon Ball Z fights that go on for literally 10 plus episodes you know I thought the fight was really well animated as well for the most part and I loved the moments when they were like kind of button heads and and I also liked when uh, Dai punched Baron into the plateau and they used like this stylized animation method to do it and just Crocodine I'm with you with Crocodine him getting in some licks was just like the icing on the cake for sure and I do agree like obviously there's a lot of crossover with Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Quest fandom because of the Toriyama artwork and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would prefer for them to avoid the, you know, like directly looking like Dragon Ball Z powering up and things like that. But at least it's only briefly. Yeah. Our next episode is episode 32, Farewell to the Father. This episode begins with Crocodine catapulting Hyunkle into the air towards Dai and Baran. Yes, it looks like Crocodine and Hyunkle are attempting a speedball special, a move Mm -hmm. perfected in X-Men comics by Wolverine and Colossus. Baron thinks their move is an attack, so he swats Yunkle down with a zapple. However, that was just a feint as Yunkle was there to give Dai his weapon. It's a legendary dark blade, which should be able to handle Dai's power. They both imbue their swords with the power of zapple and start to fight, trading blows one after another. They switch to CG for a bit here, and it doesn't look too bad, but when they transition back, it's a little jarring. Yeah, I would say this this episode has at least a a moment or two where the CG is just a bit off for me. Mm, Meanwhile, Leona's not having much luck with the Zing spell. However, Gomechan begins to glow mysteriously. And then we see Pop wandering through a mysterious purgatory full of clouds. And who do we see start talking to him? Why, it's Gomechan. Apparently, where they are, Gomechan can speak normally. In the dub, Gomechan speaks with a lady's voice, of course. We learn from Gomechan that Pop is walking towards the land of the dead. Yeah, and our, our golden slime Gomechan tries to convince Pop to stop, but once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> Gomechan gets very upset, and he calls Pop a weakling. This actually causes Pop to stop walking. Then we switch back to the fight for a bit, where Baran manages to hit Dai in the shoulder with his crest beam. And this then we're back and forth between Gomechan chiding Pop about giving up the fight with Dai and Braun. Braun blasts Dai to the ground and is about to finish him off with a giga break. Pop is upset with Gomechan and throws his fist in the air, declaring he would never give up and abandon Dai. The power he creates with his conviction actually causes his dead body to throw a spell at Braun. I love that moment. It's so cool. It's one of the coolest things. Pop's spell throws Braun off center, giving Dai an opening to fly in and cut his dad with an Avon Strash. They're both blown 
apart from each other and go flying to the ground in opposite directions. That's right. Dai survives the crash to the ground and is happy to see everyone. However, Pop has not survived. The Zing spell did not work. Huge bummer. And as everyone starts to grieve, Baron stumbles out from the forest. His sword is broken and he is no longer in his dragonoid form. Then Daddy Baron reflects that Pop's bond with Dai and ultimately the human heart, the part of him that he thought to be useless, was his downfall. Then he goes up to Pop and he squeezes a drop of blood onto Pop's face. Yep, that's how you get AIDS. <laughs> Ron takes his leave, vowing to fight Dai and humanity once again when he's healed and restore his blade. Just then, Pop actually begins to move. He's alive! <laughs> Thank goodness, Bronze Blood was able to bring Pop back. I was wondering how they do it after the Zing spell missed the mark. We then switch to Hadlar, who's panicking that Bronze lived and that Dai is even more powerful than before. Everything he feared is has come to pass. Poor Hadlar is summoned before King Vern. He scolds him for keeping Dai's Dragonite lineage secret from everyone, including King Vern himself. King Vern tells Hadlar that he he will usually forgive someone up to three failures. Yes, and he counts them out on his fingers. He apparently only has three fingers and a thumb. That's what it looks like anyway. <laughs> yeah, so first failure, him letting Crocodile and Hyunkle defect. Second failure, even though that's kind of like two, but whatever. His second <laughs> failure is to is when he got defeated by Dai and company on Valgay Island with his army. And his third failure, how he handled Braun. But all is not lost, as King Vern gives him a bonus chance for defeating Avon. Hooray! Vern wards Hadlar that if he hasn't defeated Dai and his allies by the time they see each other next, it'll be the end of poor Hadlar. Hadlar takes his leave with new determination, and that is where we end the episode. What'd you think of that one? Well, um, I am ready to be done with Baron for a while, so I'm glad they took care of that for sure. I don't want to see his stupid face again or hear <laughs> his um, slightly crummy English voice actor. And uh, but but it was really cool. We got the moment with with Pop supporting Dai from the afterlife, which I know is wasn't your favorite moment, but I always mm. thought it was just a really cool thing because it's like you, you'd see that kind of thing in Dragon Ball too, like just some kind of moment where like the laws of science are, are somehow trumped by the you know by the human spirit or heart or love or whatever so that's a really cool and heroic moment for me and so i really enjoy it nice you know i thought it was a pretty good episode the end of the fight was just fantastic maybe not the most impressive of on Strach that they ever they've ever had in the show but not yeah. bad and at first i wasn't a huge fan of the concept of pop being able to have his dead body cast a spell as a spirit was in limbo but knowing what i know now about Gomei-chan, I'm actually good with it, but we won't find out the details of why for a very long time. Nobody's going to ask you what that means, so don't get your hopes up, dude. <laughs> you know, before we close out today, first we're going to mention a few more die-related items. Yeah, how are you doing in the soon-to-be-closed die mobile game? Doing well. I'm probably about halfway through the adapted die story and about halfway through the original story. They just released the last update for the game that has the endings for both. Yeah, I saw that. How much time do you have left to finish these things? So I have it until the end of April, so I do need to step up my game a bit. And also, I even got to play a little bit of the multiplayer levels with some of the regulars at the Dragon's Den Discord. Oh, co-op, huh? I might be a little familiar with that for whatever reason. <laughs> yes, indeed. We played a handful of levels, and it's weird. You actually need tickets that you can farm in-game to do it. It's a, it's a really weird system. Yes, I don't like when they limit your ability to team up with people to do those multiplayer things and that's not uncommon for mobile games to do i i think genshin impact does the same thing somehow but um but yeah you should be able to just play with your friends when you feel like it otherwise it really limits things but oh. hey it, it's cool that it's in there at all oh, okay i didn't realize that i haven't you know my my time with mobile gaming like that is limited and i my only experience with multiplayer 
was Dragon Quest of the Stars, where you just had unlimited multiplayer. You didn't need tickets or anything special to do it. You just go. Yeah, so Yeah, which was cooler. Hmm. My last thought about my playthrough of this game before we move on to the next item is about Gomechan. They translate all of his vocalizations as slurp, which is normal for the regular slimes in Dragon Quest games, but it's not what he sounds like at all in the anime. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's sort of like the translator is not actually familiar with uh, anime or something. Yeah, but they're you just, know, they're just going from the script. Exactly. But next is some big news with Dai merchandise. It was announced a while ago, but a replica of the special sword that Dai eventually gets in the anime and manga is on pre- available for pre-order now. If you want to import it, you can only pre-order it at AmiAmi for 34,980 yen. What is that in US dollars? Like $280? Like 260, 270? Hey man, I was pretty close. Yeah. So the sword, it lights up, plays music from the anime and sound bites from Dai himself. The sword will be released in May, and, well... No, you didn't. I might. I might just pre-order one myself. I'm, I'm like, one... I'm I'm very, very, very tempted. So we'll see how that goes. I don't have much time left, but I, I might. I might just do it. But if I do, I'll tell all of you wonderful people about it, and I'll give everyone a great review about it. Good. We'll want to see pictures. You wear a pendy, and his pendy strash. Hopefully, the sword can handle my pendionic aura. We can only pray. <laughs> On that note, it's time for the end of this episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 33 and 34 of The Adventure of Die on Crunchyroll, the library app Hoopla, Voodoo, Microsoft Store, maybe Hulu, we forget. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, the, the limited number of episodes are on Hulu. And, oh, just as a side note, before I forget, Hoopla, for some reason, only had like 40 or 42, 43 of the first batch of dubbed episodes. But now they all ha- have 50. I just saw this the other day. Fancy. Yeah. So we don't use Patreon. But if you do have any money that is just completely strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon quest fans for over 20 years stop by the dragon's den at woodis.com slash den and click on support this site woodis has owned and maintained the dragon's den fan site for decades he personally edits every youtube version of our podcast and he fully appreciates any donations to help to keep the servers running the dragon's den website also features an amazon affiliate link if you click the link and then make a purchase a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den it doesn't cost you anything and over 70 percent of customers who use our link report increased weight loss after making the purchase we even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy by our resident artist, Dwayne. See the link for it in the show notes. As part of the Slime Time Extended Universe, or Stew, you can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Twitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday, kids. <laughs> Getting back to Dragon Quest, consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums that isn't made with artificial sweeteners. Find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at woodus.com forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the Dragon Questers, Dragon Quest Tact Global, and Infinity Strash Facebook groups. We'd love to see you there. Or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore Dragon Quest fans on the officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. So unofficial 
official. We'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, including Pendy, Woodis, the Dragon's Den, and Lance Reddick. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be seeing uh, his movie, John Wick 4, here this weekend. Very cool. I'm probably not going to see it for another week or two, but I do look forward to it. Oh, yeah. And a special thanks to Flatty for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo. Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast. A good one. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. We'll catch you later, everybody. Don't hate. Appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here. This is Gutrude for Slime Time, reminding you all that you must complete your adventure.